What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 105 of the Lombard Trucking Show. Thank you all for being here. Uh, I know it's Friday, December 22nd, 2023, weekend before Christmas, and I knew I needed to get an episode out this week. I tried to line up a few guests to talk to who I've been talking to on the show, but very busy time, very busy time of the year. Definitely not the last episode of the year, uh, trying to line something up for next Thursday or Friday. Figuring that out, I have a driver who I'm looking to bring back on and tell me about uh, one of his recent experiences with a certain Russian-owned carrier. Uh, I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. He's a former guest of the show, so definitely want to stay tuned for that because, uh, per his text messages, it's quite an interesting story. Uh, shout out to anybody tuning in live right now, uh, especially if you're at work pretending to work. Uh, I give you. I, I, I tip my cap to you. Uh, and salute you for keeping the laptop open uh, all the way up until you don't feel guilty anymore. So I appreciate you tuning in, uh, checking things out. Let's keep it nice and light. This episode is unofficially brought to you by Zinn. Are you traveling for the holiday season? Are you nervous? Are you worried about what to get your significant other or family member as a gift? First off, think about giving them the gift of Zinn, something that will calm their nerves as they go throughout their day, and as they worry about what they're going to buy you for a gift. And if you're out there wondering what you're going to buy your families, go ahead and pop in just one fresh Zin right in the upper deck. A nice, nice tight Dwight D. Eisenhower. Keep it real. That was an unofficial advertisement, by the way. Keeping it light the day before Christmas, but or the couple of days before Christmas. But I just wanted to share a few brief uh, thoughts. Number one, especially regarding Vivek uh, Ramaswamy's event last night in Iowa 80, which very historic event. Um, I'm very proud of, of that event and proud to be affiliated with CDL Drivers Unlimited. Before I kind of get into it, I just want to reiterate, and I would be remiss not to say this, is that this is the goal of what we're doing at CDL Drivers Unlimited is to grow our driver advocacy network, or DAN, as we call it for short, and to get involved and get the conversation going at this level. See, it has nothing to do with endorsing, has nothing to do with supporting certain candidates, backing them, anything along those lines. Uh, last night's event was not an endorsement of Vivek. What it is, is it's a, it's a form of driver advocacy. It's getting truckers, people affiliated with the trucking industry. This includes any CDL holder. We're talking bus drivers, boxer drivers, any, anything that requires a CDL for you to drive is what the organization is open for because things that the FMCSA and our government does rolls down to everybody at this level. And the only way to change it now, because we can't go back, we can't go pre-1980. We can't just roll back what's been happening for the past 40 years. You have to start, you have to start somewhere else. You have to start at the ground floor, at the grassroots level. And you have to try, and this is the way to unify, is to get the conversation going, keep it going, get, get it in member by member, get them involved at the state level, getting involved, having an open line of communication with your representative. Uh, the group, CDL Drivers Unlimited, we're a nonpartisan group. There is no affiliate. There's no right-wing, left-wing, Democrat, socialist, you know, uh, there's no agenda to the organization, but advocating for the best interests of America's truck drivers because the ATA doesn't do it. And look, I have no bad words 
to say about Oida. I like Todd Spencer. I love what he says. I think he has a very powerful message. He definitely speaks very well on behalf of even company drivers in uh, whenever he goes on media outlets. But at the end of the day, Oida has been around for a good amount of time. And CDLDU is a barely three-year-old organization, not even three years old yet, who's who organized this summit. So I think credit is due where it is due. And uh, I want to thank, you know, the Lee and Lisa Schmidt, who I consider very good friends. Lee does a really good job. Um, uh, if you don't follow Lee and Lisa Schmidt, definitely go to their Facebook page, Trucking Across America with the Schmidts. They're also on Twitter. They're on TikTok. Um, they deserve a lot of credit for this. They have been at this for over seven years themselves, trying to trying to do this, just at the at the ground floor, the bottom floor, talking to DC, getting involved. And they just did not quit. They did, and they didn't quit. And by not quitting, that was basically the uh, prequel to what eventually rolled into CDL Drivers Unlimited. You know, there there are big catalysts and everything going on. And just so for any driver out there, if you're looking for an organization at low cost, you know, $15 a month, $150 a year. And you're looking for that. And it's your gateway into driver advocacy is getting there. There's also other benefits. I, draw, I just had on Drew Elfson talking about healthcare and health advocacy. There are other benefits besides the advocacy that we're rolling out with. We do have, and we have launched the Driver's Crisis Center, which is linking up, you know, veterans with their mental health resources, a lot of mental health stuff. Steve Myers, uh, we want to give a shout out to him. He's helping with people, connecting people with where they need to go for any of their issues. We're talking divorce counseling, substance abuse, all these types of all these types of problems. So there's a lot that the organization is offering and is going to continue to offer. So I encourage all drivers out there, all CDL holders to definitely go out there, go to CDLDU.com, uh, get involved and also go to CDLDriversWin.com to check out more. But enough about that. Let's get into last night's event with Vivek. So I know, so this technically was the first time a presidential candidate held this type of event. Now I understand that President Trump did bring trucks to the White House, but Joe Biden does that. They always do that kind of dog and pony show every now and then. But as far as I knew, President Trump never did, never held an event like this. And I do know that Andrew Yang rode around with drivers and spoke with drivers, but he never technically had an official event like, like this you know, that happened last night at Iowa 80. So this is really the, the first of its kind to happen. And I got to tip my cap to, to Vivek. He brings his family out there. He was very sociable. He didn't really limit his time either. Uh, I watched the entire event live on, on TikTok. And he did, yeah, he wasn't like crunched. He wasn't in a rush. He was willing to listen to people who kind of like spoke out of order. It was essentially Lee and Vivek themselves like up front. And there were already pre-assigned questions that were sent in uh, via cdldriverswin.com. Uh, and it was, so it was organized with questions prepared, but there were members, Iowa CDL holders and drivers at that event inside the, what I believe was the cinema that is there at Iowa 80 who were speaking, you know, they just blurted out as they felt the, you know, the spirit moved them and had questions. And Vivek wasn't like, oh, hold on, we're sticking to this. He wanted to hear these people. He's like, what's your name? You're a driver. Like he didn't just, he didn't just, you know, he wasn't caught off guard by kind of the um, candidness of what, what and who truck drivers were. And kind of, he kept his mind open to it, said, I don't know a lot about this industry. I've learned more. He goes, I might know a lot of things, but I don't know anything about this. So he showed some good character there. Now I understand 
people may be listening right now. Well, he's a politician. I mean, he, he is now. He, he wasn't beforehand, as far as I know. I don't know a whole lot about him. I know he's a businessman. Uh, you know, I know he he's definitely he's very fortunate in growing up. He's attended Ivy League schools. I, I understand that much. And he's a politician now. And he's probably read a few books on how he should interact with the public. And I understand that. But for him still, at the end of the day, we've seen President Biden show kind of discontent with people who speak out of line and how he speaks with people and kind of his uh, negative attitudes towards things. We've seen other politicians kind of get caught off guard and let their emotions take control. So really commend Vivek's character on that. And I wanted to go into the, the highlights of some of the things Vivek said that are that are also historic. And I made a post about it on LinkedIn last night, if you didn't catch it. But the biggest takeaways are he recognized and he was kind of rolling out how he would go into his policy when it comes to the transportation industry, uh, you know, if elected president. So highlights, he said, which no other presidential candidate said, the current president hasn't said it, the previous president hasn't said it, was that there is no driver shortage and it looks to be a retention issue. He looked at what us as an organization showed him and found it to be true. He also clearly must have seen the research that people like Rachel Premack and the team over at Freightwaves has done in their articles. He's seen that there's a dissenting argument that there is some sort of driver shortage, but then has seen the, the opposing side, which shows it to be a true retention problem. He says that he definitely supports better and graduated training. Uh, because it just makes sense why you wouldn't emphasize that just from uh, the outside looking in makes sense. He thinks that speed limiters are a very ignorant idea uh, and just another form of overregulation and overreaching by the government. He's against the automatic braking systems, making them uh, required, which is another no brainer. Uh, I've gone on. I've said this on the show multiple times. We've had drivers on the show multiple times talk about how dangerous they are about how they're not perfect. So, and that's the thing. The thing is they're not perfect. And for them to work, they they need they would need to be perfect, but that's never going to happen. There's always going to be a margin for error. And when things like the shadows of a bridge uh, or the shadows of a street sign, uh, all of a sudden, while you're just casually driving your truck safely in the right-hand lane, it slams on the brakes. What's going to happen if there's a car tailgating right, right behind you, like many four-wheelers do? while driving over the road, they'll ride it right up behind a tractor trailer. And so if that automatic braking system reads a shadow or a possible mound of, of snow that's off on the side of the road or however it reads it, however this computer is going to read it, and it bucks your truck back and tries to slow you from 70 to 50 or 40, and then that car goes right underneath your DOT bumper and then chops the head off of a child, how great does that government regulation work? Because that's that's the pathway it takes. But Moving on from there, he also said something which I, I think was, and this I didn't expect is how he says that too much, too much tech involved in these trucks could be having an effect on drivers' mental health. And that's something that Gord McGill has come on the show to talk about. That's something that Gord has recorded with Dr. Karen Levy, who wrote the book Data Driven Truckers in the New Workplace Surveillance, is about how a lot, a lot of this technology going into trucks has taken away the autonomy from the driver. And autonomy is something that gives human beings purpose. It's what makes us happy. It what makes us, it's what drives us to, uh, you know, to go to work the next day. It's what drives, it's what motivates us, that feeling of autonomy, uh, you know, self-actualization, self-realization. When you take that away 
from somebody and from their job and you and you do that, it will have an effect on their mental health. And then from an economic standpoint, from a job standpoint, when you do that, when you take away a driver's autonomy or you and as we see AI, you know, enter other parts of the industries, you're going to have this other effect, which James Ear has come on the show and talked about, which is called de-skilling somebody. So you in and we we talked about this. Gord had this on a show when he had a roundtable on of some mechanics uh, talking about truck manufacturers and about how the, there was an idea floating around about uh, setting the parking brake automatically for semi trucks, where as soon as a truck was stopped for longer than so many seconds, the the parking brakes, the air brakes would, would pop out automatically. And when you take one step back and you rationally think about that, you're now teaching the driver that it's okay not to set your brakes. And so, and when you do that, you, you are de-skilling the person. So you have that to where they're less aware. So the technology has made drivers less aware of what's going on. There's an argument for this about automatic transmissions, or at least having the automatic restriction on, C, on CDL commercial driver's licenses. But also when you de-skill somebody, and this is going to happen inevitably in the corporate world, is as AI starts to enter the market, then there's a justification for the reduction of your pay so to speak, because if you're doing less work, then what do you need to be paid the same amount of money for, even though your productivity has now skyrocketed? So I, I, do, I do find that one of the most interesting things that he had to say. Uh, I appreciate his candor to truck drivers by explicitly saying that everybody present in the room is more qualified to head the FMCSA and the DOT over the, the current staff who's headed the FMCSA for the past 25 years and the current Secretary of Transportation, uh, I know he's he threw a little slight at Secretary Pete out there and and, and rightly so, because, uh, you know, Secretary Pete doesn't deserve any praise for his current job with what's going on with rail, with what's currently going on in the Red Sea. Uh, there are merchant Marines who are being rocketed by Iran backed terrorists. Uh, but meanwhile, he's here tweeting about how they're implementing technology to stop uh, wildlife deaths on America's highways Perspective uh, is something that I think that the current administration right now in the United States has has nothing done. They have no like perspective of they 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 act as though in their own reality that there's nothing going on anywhere but what they are kind of saying. But uh, that was the, the, his candor of saying that of explicitly saying that you're better to run the FMCSA than who's headed it the last 25 years is important because it's the truth. Why would the head of the Federal Motor Carrier, Motor Carrier Safety Administration, why would you have the head of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration be somebody who's never worked for a motor carrier or never even, not even ever worked for a motor carrier, never drove for a motor carrier? It doesn't really make sense. It would be like putting a real estate agent at the head of the FDA, uh, which, which doesn't make any real sense. So I it uh, the event last night overall was a really good good success. There was good the the good questions got asked. Uh, I wish a couple more things were covered. They did one thing that I didn't mention on my LinkedIn post was a driver was talking about um, some policies going back and forth with drivers who are doing cross border entries, and this is something that is also another dark horse. Uh, Timothy Dooner today tweeted about a driver who just got into a car accident. Gentleman in his fifties who got into a semi-truck accident and there was, uh, I, I don't want to take it out of context, but there were at least injuries. I could pull up the tweet, but I'm live and I'm trying to get this message out quick. But this driver was driving for a motor carrier uh, and had no CDL, never had one actually, and said to the media that he learned to drive a truck while, while driving a truck in the Yugoslavian military. 
Uh, and that's just one guy. And the only reason we know is because he got into an accident. How long has he been doing that? And there's a listener of this show who's reached out to me and told me that he met a Portuguese man. So, so a gentleman who's from Portugal with a Mexican CDL who is driving in the United States for a company leased on to Superego, which Superego is a crime syndicate that operates out of Illinois. Um, this, this is a reality. So there's a lot going on. And then Me Mexico imposes restrictions on uh, American drivers because like I couldn't drive to Mexico. Uh, I can't go to Mexico. I can go to Canada, but I can't go to Mexico because the because theft is too prevalent. You know, it's so one there, there was a little bit of conversation about that. And there's definitely stuff there that needs to be addressed with cross border entries. Uh, but overall, biggest takeaways were on the TikTok live were the, the negative comments. And I, I'm going to make this one brief because I made a TikTok video about this for the drivers out there who are like who are just repeatedly saying Trump 2024 or Vivek's a fraud or this or I don't support him or Republicans suck. We get it. Everybody has their political opinions. Everybody has their thoughts, who they're going to vote for. We get that. We, we know this. Once again, this was not an endorsement. This is not a, you know, coalition backing or anything like that. This is to get the conversation going. We're normalizing these discussions with the people who are involved in politics, no matter who they are. And since Vivek accepted to do this event, other candidates have started reaching out to CDLDU. This is the thing we're trying to get. We're trying to normalize having these conversations with the actual stakeholders of the industry. The ATA is not a stakeholder of the industry. They represent large retail carriers who actually don't account for more than half of the power units on the road today. But yet the power the American Trucking Association has rolls down to the majority of the power units on the road today. Over half of the trucks on the road today are small businesses of 100 trucks or less. They have no representation. So we're trying to get that conversation going. It has nothing to do with supporting Vivek. It has nothing to do with it's not against Trump. It's not for him. It has to do with getting this conversation, the right conversations, to the forefront of people who are running for these positions and possibly voting and signing off on this legislation. That's what it's for. So for all the negative comments out there, look, it's, just, it's about getting this conversation, getting this ball rolling in the right direction. We can't go back to 1980. There used to be an organization that had the power to lobby for the pay benefits and everything that truckers had. It was the Teamsters Union. They did it. That was my grandfather. He did it. They did that. The Teamsters don't have that much power anymore. They're starting to gain a little bit more popularity, you know, through the help of, you know, some progressive Democrats who, you know, echo things that go on with the Teamsters. But for the most part, a lot of the stuff, even my own congressman who I've reached out to repeatedly, he doesn't say anything about the Teamsters. He doesn't say anything. He only cares about photo ops. This is Greg Kassar I'm talking about. He cares about taking pictures with picket lines. He doesn't care. He's on Instagram posting about house inquiries, about impeaching Biden. He's my representative. I don't care about President Biden. Or do you, you represent me in my district. I'm talking to you about what I would like you to you know, vote on and stuff like that. I don't care about impeaching Biden. I care about what's going on in the trucking and transportation industry because who the president is doesn't matter. It could be fucking Donald Duck. I, I don't care. You're in Congress. You're passing legislation. There's a bill on the House floor right now that's going to die that guarantees truckers overtime. And you're here, you know, here for for uh, you're here for clickbait. Like, sorry, that's not what a congressman does. But the only way to change that and to get people like Greg Kassar and other apathetic congressmen to pay attention is to get this conversation going with the right people. And it started last night with Vivek.
Now, I'd also like, I just want to make a quick comment on somebody's reply. So to people who disagree with what Vivek's stances are, which are also what a lot of what CDLDU stances are, a gentleman commented on my posts. And I just want to reiterate this because it's really important because if there's people who work in this industry who are affiliated who think this way, I'd, I'd ask you to just read the facts, read the books, go into them, read the, listen to the podcast, like Voice of Gord, uh, read Rachel Premack's articles, her data. But a gentleman commented on my post, he said, there's no driver shortage. It's a retention problem. If it's retention, then how come the market isn't flooded with drivers looking for a job? Number one, because they leave the industry altogether. And number two, there are a lot of drivers looking for jobs. I know because I'm on the phone with them for a long, for several hours talking to these drivers in recruiting. And a lot of drivers aren't taking jobs because A, they are, speaking of which, little little call coming through there, but I'm on the phone with these drivers and they're not qualifying for the job because of tickets, accidents, which, whichever, however, that's been going on or they have failed a drug test, multiple issues. So they're either not qualified or they don't want the pay and benefits that are being offered. So that's not, uh, so yeah, there are drivers in the market who are looking to, who are looking for jobs, but they're not taking jobs that they feel as though they're, you know, they deserve more. So next he, he, he cause he, the guy's basically quoting my, uh, he's quoting my post. He says supports better graduated training. We all support better training. That is why you just can't walk into a DMV and get a CDL training is a must. That's why you have to pass a driving test, know how to pre-trip your truck and trailer. So by his logic, he thinks knowing how to pre-trip a truck and a trailer and passing a simple road test automatically makes you good to go to go on I-80 in Wyoming in December. As a 21-year-old, you never left home in New Jersey or wherever you're from. You're good to go because you just passed the government bare minimum for a road test, uh, 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 for a road test and a pre-trip inspection. That by by his logic, to me, that makes no real sense. And real quick, I need to close this. Perfect. So yeah, that, that does make sense. Graduated licensing means if you are going to get a, a CDL, here's how it works because it, it is kind of crazy. And look, I know I'm speaking. I was over the road for three years. I don't have 20, 25 years experience. I get that. I'm not speaking of a know-it-all here. I know that I, I'm not perfect. You know, granted, my MVR is perfectly fine. I'm clean. I have no tickets, no accidents besides the guy backing into me in a truck stop. But um, a graduated licensing, and this makes sense if you speak it to anybody in sort of a layman's term, if you're a 21-year-old who just gets your commercial driver's license and you live in Connecticut, for example, um, it would make sense that maybe learn how to drive in like your neck of the woods first, right? Like get some experience there where you live first. So like 150 mile radius right there. You start off local. And then from there, after six months, a year, however, of your driving record, then you start letting it off the leash a little bit. They do this in the military with Liberty. You know, when you graduate, when you graduate boot camp, you get like one day of Liberty where you, for family day, and then you go to MOS school and then you, you, you have like restricted Liberty where after school, like you're able to like go around base, but you can't leave base. But then after a few weeks, you're allowed to leave base on weekends. And then by the time you get to the fleet, like once you get to your unit, is when you, you know, being in like the fleet marine forces, like more so like a professional job where after 1600 or after formation, you're able to like go to the store, go to the doctor's appointment, uh, buy beer, go to the gym. Like you're on free time. You can leave base. There's no sort of like restrictions you're on. So it makes sense. 
gra- like graduated licensing. But he thinks if as long as you can pass a pre-trip and a bare minimum road test, hey, you're good to go to drive literally a thousand miles in a direction you've never been. And we've talked about this on the show. We do have a lot of drivers in this country who are not from this country. And once again, this has nothing to do with being a, a bigot or an, ex- or an extremist. But if I move to France tomorrow, do you, like, I don't, I can't read French. Well, I can read it a little bit, but I can't read their road signs. And I'm just supposed to get from Paris to, uh, you know, Vichy, France, whatever, wherever I'm supposed to go, Nice, I'm supposed to go there in, you know, with their cargo and just it'd be fine after living there for maybe six weeks. So that's the thing. We have people who are driving this country who maybe lived in California for six weeks and then all of a sudden they're in the Rockies. So that's what we're talking about with graduated licensing. He says, and then he says about speed limiters, he says, he's against speed limiters. Sounds like he's never seen what a truck can do to a brick wall and all the cars and trucks in it in its way. That doesn't make any sense. Speed limiters. Just for example, have you ever been stuck behind two tractor trailers? Now expect more of it. If that's what you want, if you're support speed limiters. Uh, against automatic braking systems, he, the, in his comment, he goes, against ABS, is anyone reading this or am I the one? So he feels an 80,000 pound truck should just skid to a stop. I think he's confusing uh, anti-lock brakes with a automatic braking system. Once again, the automatic braking system doesn't work. It's not perfect. It's slamming on the brakes of semi-trucks uh, because of shadows of bridges. We don't need this, this sort of technology in our semi-trucks. And not only that, uh, an 80,000 pound truck shouldn't just get to a stop. This also comes with the graduated licensing. But if you think automatic braking systems need to be forced onto trucks, you're going to expect to see some more accidents. We saw this with the ELD mandate. The ELD mandates increased accidents. And then he says, believes too much tech is having an effect on driver's mental health by removing autonomy. Wow. Again, he knows nothing what he's trying to talk about. No, he does, because clearly he listened to people who do. This gentleman then goes on because I retorted with him with all of my responses. And he says, I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree because you have your thoughts and I have mine. And I said, but what I'm saying aren't thoughts, because what I just said are not just thoughts and opinions. They're based on they are thoughts and opinions over overall, but based on fact that comes from research like Dr. Karen Levy's book. Uh, data-driven truckers in the new workplace surveillance, like sweatshops on wheels by Michael Belzer, like the big rig in the decline, trucking in the decline of the American dream by Steve Shelley. These are tenured Ivy League professionals who have done research on the topic. And the sum of you know, the, at the end of uh, science, the scientific method is what the fucking resolution, whatever it's called. I don't, know, I don't know. It's been a while since I've taken bio, and that's what the sum is. Is we have these answers that. Hey, here's the answers. Here's the why. The solutions we don't know yet. And as Gordon and I both said, we don't know the exact solutions. We kind of have a, a general idea of where it needs to head. We're going to keep having the conversation until it happens. So I just wanted to address that real quick to two people who are curious about Vivek's event. It looked fantastic. I saw the photos. Really, if I wasn't back in Connecticut, um, I would have definitely driven up there to, to be a part of it. And then uh, and so I kind of want to leave it with this. Uh, by the way, I'm coming at you, yes, from Connecticut, from the bedroom where I spent the majority of my childhood, at least from age six to 18 <laughs> when I left. So back back where uh, back where I grew up. So it's kind of cool I may, uh, that I'm recording in this room. What you're not seeing was uh, the former posters of Under Oath and Avenged Sevenfold. And I had all my Warped Tour tickets pinned up and autograph stuff. And 
yeah, I had a whole a whole bunch. All the shows my old band used to play, we all had tickets on the wall. My those are all thrown out, gone. One day they'd be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something. Uh, but no, my parents decided to throw them all out. But one thing that's here though that I want to show you, you might have saw me at F three with one of these cool jackets right here. I'm thinking about bringing these. Some somehow these are gonna have to have to make a comeback. These old the Jaxies, this Lombard Brothers on the back. It's an old jacket that uh, drivers used to wear uh, back when Lombard was still you know, running the highways of New England. But uh, I want to give a quick shout out, tip of the cap to Aaron Dunn over at Trucking for Millennials. He he had asked me to record a message uh, that he was going to put on his show for a positive, uh, upbeat, you know, going into 2024 thing. And that's kind of the message I want to leave it with for, for Christmas. I want to kind of share the, a similar kind of para paraphrase off of the message I sent him uh, you know, just going into, you know, leading that positivity into, you know, the, the, the holiday season. Like I said, this won't be the last show of the year, but at least, the, you know, the last show before Christmas. And I wanted to get this out. Um, and I've been saying it all basically the past week. I've been coaching at Orange Theory. There's a certain time during the warm up of Orange Theory where you kind of give a synopsis of the workout and then you uh, you kind of give a brief description and you describe you're describing the workout and you, but that's also where I ha have choose a, a time period to like share a very like motivating message as like the workouts getting started. And essentially all week I was talking about how, you know, this is, I, I would say something like it's a very hard time. It's supposed to be one of the happiest times of year, but for many people out there, it's not December is, you know, the December is the, has the, the statistics show that December has the highest rate of uh, cardiac issues, highest suicide rate. So it should be the happiest time of the year. Many times is not. We see a lot of health issues. We see stuff like that. And I will say at Orm's Theory, like everything you're doing here, the hard things you're doing here is, you know, is you combating that. And you come in here, you do the hard things. We create positive energy flowing inside the gym at Orm's Theory. And it's on us to take that energy, that same light and love we build inside here, and we bring it out there uh, in, into the world. And that's essentially kind of what I wanted to say here is for the people who listen to this show or for the people who work in transportation, one is 2023 alone has been a very tumultuous year for, for me. And But it, that's everybody who's worked in freight. I had my wins. Uh, you know, I was I was very proud of myself for the job I did this year in trucking, doing something I thought I'd never do stuff like hauling 12 wide, 14 tall combines, you know, that that's nerve wracking stuff, especially to the norm normie to the non driver out there. And I did that, you know, off the cuff as a way to, you know, because I was going to quit at the end of last year because it was dire. And then I said, let me just make this pivot my first flatbed load, oversized load. So it, it, I'm very proud of that pivot. That's a win. PRing on my on uh, you know my fifth marathon, you know in Missoula, uh, you know is a big win, but I had big losses. You know got off the road, but was also had a win because I was offered two jobs unsolicited. So I had wins, I had losses. That's everybody who's worked in transportation this year. So it, it's not really about me. It's it's this is really about you guys as well. Is the, but at the end of the day, you, we've learned there's things we can control, and there's things we can't control. We can't control this stuff in the market. We can't, we can't control. We can't just, even though we're getting the conversation going with the government, we can't control what they do. We can't get them to speed up. It's just not happening. So what can we control? And this is something that I did this year. And this is something that you can do and it'll help launch anyone listening to this 
at least in an upward trajectory, we can control the relationships we build. And this year, especially, um, is where I found out how important that is, no matter what, because the relationships I built is why I work as a recruiter today, why I work as a fitness coach today, and why I'm so eager to do more, especially within the fitness side of things, especially in regards to transportation. Controlling those relationships, building on those. So that's fine. Like the people you have good interactions with, and this goes for carriers and brokers. And I know Reed talks about this a lot, but anybody, just the relationships you build, all the conversations you have with people that mean something that are positive, hone in on those. As a carrier, you're going to talk to a hundred brokers. 10 of those conversations are probably going to be good and you're going to have good interactions with them. They're going to pay you detention, something along the sort. Hone in on those. Build those relationships. Grow that. We need to keep continuing to grow this network of professionals and people in the transportation industry. We dictate those relationships because relationships are there. It's an input output game. What you put in is what you get out. And if you put something in people like you have no idea the, the power, like the, that power of recognition and when, the, and what people see, because no matter what in this information age, people see everything you do and they see what you write. They see that. And if they see negative energy, hate, discontent all the time, like the complainers on TikTok live, like the, you know, the complainers all the time, the people who are talking doomer talk. If all you talk about is doomer talk. They see that. So what people see, you'd be shocked. They take notes. They log it right back there. Change that around. You can control your relationships. And if you maintain and keep those relationships long game, long term, that's going to help you. If you're a driver out there, here's what you can control especially if you're looking to stay in this industry, stay driving, at least for the foreseeable future. You can control your MVR. Obviously, if somebody hits you, the different story, but you can control your MVR. You can make sure you stay clean in the clearinghouse, all those things. Another thing, and this is just from the recruiting side, this is what I'm just dishing out as a driver. The best thing that they can do for themselves, keep that MVR solid, stay clean on the clearinghouse, keep your employers low. You can control those things. Now I get it. It's a double-edged sword. There are carriers, small carriers who either don't pay. You could get caught up with a, a crooked one. Those are workarounds. But at the end of the day, if really look at the macro perspective of is leaving this carrier a, a good idea? Because trust me, month two, I wanted to quit Pam, but I knew I needed to leg it out because you can't get a better job with a better carrier with just two months of experience with your CDLA. I knew that from talking to other drivers you got to leg it out to a certain extent. So if your driver listening to this and you're three months in, leg it out to either that nine months or year mark, at, at least that year mark, you have to. The number of employers right now in this market, which is unpredictable, uh, and even if it does normalize, carriers are still going to start being as restrictive with previous employers uh, because their carriers are starting to want better quality drivers, yet they don't really realize that to get them, they also need to have the pay benefits and work schedule that that matches what you want in that quality. Those are things as a driver you can control. Another thing that we can all control is our health. This is very important. And I've said this time and time again on the show. There is a contingency out there right now that exists in this country that does not want you to win. They don't want you to succeed. They don't want you to be healthy. They don't, they want you weak. They want you sick. They want you docile. They want that. And this goes, this is for drivers and beyond. 
This goes for you, the freight broker who are who's slamming Zins and coffee and, uh, you know, Celsius or ghost who's ripping phones. This is you. This is truckers. This is anybody out there uh, who's not basically Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. There is a contingency out there. They need you weak, sick, docile, poor, whatever. They need that because that's how you can control. That is how you siege a fort. <laughs> if you're going to lay siege to a city, you cut off their resources, you make them sick, you make them starve, you make them broke, and then you can eventually overcome the city. That's exactly what it is. It is a siege on self. That's what they want. Your health is absolutely under your control. If you're a driver and you think you can't, call me because I did it. I lived it, breathed it every day. If you're somebody who works in an office job, please let me know. Now that I have seen the other side now too, from working in the warehouse to then being over the road to now having a, a you know a somewhat remote job with recruiting, and but I also still work at the gym. I'm seeing multiple sides of working in the professional world and still having to hold yourself to a high standard of taking care of your health. You can control that. You can dial back. And this has nothing to do with this. It doesn't mean being restrictive. You don't need to just go keto, cut out meat, go vegan. You don't need to do any of that. There's a simple way and strategy to it. And it, there's a way to control it. And it's through calculating, counting your macros and getting into a routine and about winning the day. That's what it becomes. Your health is under your control just by winning the 24 hours in front of you. You can't, you can't change what happened you know, three weeks ago, you can't just whatever you want to do three weeks from now, you can't do it yet. You got to wait to get there. All you have is the 24 hours in front of you. The more and more you take control of your health. And this is true because before, you know, before 2018, before I started on this path, I was full of brain fog, all this sort of stuff, like brain fog, doomer talk, nihilism, you know, did was, you know, didn't what wasn't a Christian anymore, atheist, all that stuff pre 2018. And then once I started to reduce a little bit of the alcohol, change my diet, start moving my body more, then all of a sudden that brain fog fades away. So as you focus on your health, there's a whole lot of doors that start opening up. Your energy changes, your mood changes. So much changes, you'll stand up for yourself. That's the thing, is that your personal excellence then becomes the rebellion. That becomes the change. Drivers out there who are not you know, advocating, who are not standing up, who are not getting involved in these organizations, some of them quite literally do not have the energy to do it because of the lifestyle they're living with, how they move, what they eat, all that sort of things. If you change that and your energy change, you start to be able to fire on more cylinders. You see, we are, we do have a fucking cat C-15 engine in us. We are built to last as human beings. We can go for the long haul. We, we are able to do that. But when you don't fuel your body the right way and work it the right way, just like your truck, eventually the filters are going to get clogged. Sensors are going to start going off. Yeah, you'll be able to maybe still function, but, it, but you eventually you're going to derate. At some point, you will derate. We can control our health. And whether in, like I say this all the time, you don't need to wait till New Year's Day. You don't need to wait till January 1st. You could start right now. Any day could be New Year's Day. But going into 2024, let's make this a change. And I'm here with any and everyone for that 100%. Anybody in the transportation industry and beyond, I'm here to change that. These are all things we can control. We have to control what we can control. 
Dom Tulo says this all the time. You have to play the ball where it lies. I understand things suck. I understand, I understand that there are bad things happening. I understand that there's stuff going on in the world. I get it. But we have to play the ball where it lies. What, what am I supposed to do about Ukraine and Israel or this or that or Hamas and this and the Red Sea? I can't, what, what am I going to do? I can't do anything, but I can play the ball where it lies and try to go from there somehow, some way, and then try to just come out on top. And at the end of the day, if you don't come out on top, I'm reading this now in this great book called The Comfort Crisis. If you don't come out on top, you're just going to come out better next time. That's the thing. You only, yeah, you can fail. You can fail. You can fail over and over again. I know this is kind of routine and I know this is kind of corny because people say all the time, oh, you know, fail forward, all that sort of stuff. But it is very true. You can fail and mess up and do all this stuff, but you never lose. You don't lose until you quit completely. So do not quit completely. If you're a driver and you, and you end up, uh, you know, out of the driver's seat, doesn't mean you failed it de- or it doesn't mean or it doesn't mean you quit. It means you just you just failed at one thing for now, but fail forward. If you got to get out of the driver's seat like I did, fail forward, go forward, go into it, keep rolling into the next thing. Don't get stuck in that stuck in that rut. But so just know that going, going into 2024 um, before I head out. Uh, just want to also say, let's, you know, let's remember what Christmas is also for. It's to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, the GOAT. And just think about his message. And this goes out to, you know, so whether you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior or not, think there's a spirit about Christmas that has to do with him, about the birth of Jesus Christ. Think about it. Even if you are not a believer, if you're not saved, whatever it, it, you know, your, your opinions, religions, thoughts are, think about his lessons, the words he spoke. Think about the stuff that's in the Gospels. That's the energy we need to be putting out there right now. Helping the broken, helping the unfortunate, helping those in need, giving, you know, putting out, it's a dark time of year, sunsets earlier, all that stuff. Guess what? Just because there's there's darkness doesn't mean that there's an absence of total light. We got to be that light. We got to let that shine wherever we go. Once again, people are watching. Whether you think, whether you're just the Zen popping freight broker at whatever logistics, uh, you know, and you think you're useless, wrong. Your energy out there matters. If you think, if you're a driver at a mega carrier right now and you think you're just a number, wrong. Act Act as if. You are bigger than you think you are. You're a lot more important. Get that energy out there. Spread that. Spread that shit like a virus anywhere you go. That is all I got for you guys today. Uh, thank you once again for those of you who tuned in live. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know, got me right back here. It's crazy. I used to sit in this room and uh, listen to music and think about new music. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of crazy dreams that went on in, in this bedroom growing up. You know, this, this is, I also used to sit in this room and uh, smoke nerds on Call of Duty 4, the first Modern Warfare. Uh, so it's great to be back back on here, you know, uh, creating something and uh, not cussing kids out on that uh, headset. But um, to, to do that, you know, a lot of a lot of who I was, you know, grew, grew up right in this bedroom. And uh, I'm sure the, you know, the, uh, the, you know, a crazy 16-year-old kid who used to, not, he didn't sleep on that bed. It was a different bed. Room looked a little bit different. But uh, for that crazy kid, if you listen to this episode right now, 
hopefully he'd be fired up too. Hope you guys are fired up. I hope everybody has a great Merry Christmas. If you're not listening to this in, until after the new year, I hope you had a happy new year. Regardless, uh, send all that love to your family, uh, no matter what. But uh, that'll do it. Where you are, we're going to go back to the bench, guys. Take care.